we've been calling it the most important pedestrian safety document you've never heard of. It sets where your crosswalks go. It sets the speed limit. So we can't put in the crosswalk. We can't slow down the cars. We're going to be watching, of course, and urging that they make as dramatic a series of changes as they can right away. But once you learn about the power of this document, you realize that, gosh, this is really important work. Values belong not to engineers. Values belong to community. Get all the voices heard and write it to those values, which is probably going to be a lot more about streets where people can gather, streets where people can be safe, streets that people can get around without being in a car. But they're told they can't have it because a bunch of engineers said that that's not best practices for building a street. Especially people that don't have access to vehicles are going to be more well-served. You know, it's not about the bike. It's about what a biking network and a walking network make your community. We have an opportunity. Let's ride together on this. We have Bill Nesper. He's the executive director of the League of American Bicyclists. And we have Mike McGinn, and he's the executive director of America Walks. You know, I'd love to see you two, Bill and Mike, join forces on this yeah. MTC. Oh, we have. Yeah. 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 We're yeah. united. We're, yeah, we're united in this. And no, it's a great, it's a great coalition. And, and what's really fun is we're bringing in other people. I would say the heart of it is, well, technically, NACDO is the heart. Yep. And followed closely by League of American Bicyclists, really looking at taking it apart from a from a biking standpoint. We're just working, mainly working to popularize it and get people engaged, trying to activate our base. And uh, Transportation for America is thrown in too, and we're bringing in other people every day, it feels like. They, they're starting to see why it matters so much. So we might get out of the active transportation circles and into, I want to get into public health circles next with this one. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think we all see, you know, we know, um, I think Mike, you've said this and, and others have, I mean, this is, this is one of the most obscure documents that as you move, you know, throughout your community and throughout the country, you know, this is the document that, you know, makes sure that there's uniformity, you know, with the signs and markings and, and crosswalks and all sorts of things uh, in, in your community. And, to get over that first step, you have to, I think you have to be pretty interested in this. Um, but once you learn about uh, the, the power of this document uh, and the power of the guidance here, you realize that, gosh, this is really important work. So yeah, we're very happy to be working with America Walks on this and, and NACTO and uh, Transportation for America and others um, on this. We've got the METCD, the Manual of Uniform Traffic Control Devices, and it gets revised mm-hmm. maybe once every 10 or 15 years. And it's been described as the Bible for traffic engineers. And it's got some really unsympathetic things in it. Like you can only have a crosswalk if 93 people an hour cross there without a crosswalk or five people are killed in a year. Just that's the example that stood out for me. But it seems like there's a lot of potential for the America Walks, League of American Bicyclists to go in during the revision period and fix some things and it would have such an impact. The more time I've spent working on the issue and I, I came to this position at America Walks, you know, eight months ago with some understanding of what the MUTCD was, but in working with NACDO and the League of American Bicyclists and Transportation for America and other experts, I've learned even yet more how important it is. And 
one of the lines I've been using is if you've ever wondered why the street in your community is so bad, it's probably this manual. Um, we've been calling it the most important pedestrian safety document you've never heard of. People like that one. We've tried the manual undermining terrific community design, but that one hasn't really taken off yet. But we're, we're doing our best with that. And yeah, it sets where your crosswalks go. It sets the speed limit. You know, it has this 85, 85th percentile speed limit rule. Um, so that says that um, you, you look at how fast the cars are going and then set the speed limit so that 85% of them are following the law and 15% aren't. So that's not taking into account context um, at all, the safety, you know, of, of the people, of the other users in the street. And your point- And it doesn't, it doesn't also take in, like if, if a bicycle is a vehicle, why aren't bicycle speeds counted in the averaging of the speed? That, that's a great point. That's a great point. I like that, wow. And, and you know, your, your, your fundamental point, which is that it seems it's, you can look at the specific provisions or you can really look at the underlying philosophy of the document. And, and while it started out is to make sure a stop sign looked the same no matter what town you were in, it's turned into this dictating the design of streets to local communities and it favors moving cars. That's it. Like the yeah. number of cars they move and how fast they move is the thing that everything else has to adopt to adapt to, not the safety of people. And that's just totally flipping the values of most communities. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I think, I think that's right. The underlying philosophy and, 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 and you, you call that out. Why aren't they counting people on bikes in, in that, in those speed studies? And, and just as Mike said, you know, at the center of overriding philosophy of us traffic engineering uh, is, is, is car centric. It's not, it's, it's, it's mode centric, which is car, you know, the cars versus people centric um, and, and, and what, what, you know, the, the, the outcome that they're looking for engineers are very good at, you know, uh, at, at um, uh, engineering things towards uh, an outcome, the outcome that is the overriding sort of goal of, of uh, the U.S. system is to is to move uh, vehicles, move cars primarily uh, um, quickly through space, uh, you know, th through streets, and 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 what has happened really in this sort of uniformity. I mean, this document is is great at keeping uniformity across across the country. It's just that the uniformity is 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 bringing a lot of the principles, the the, the engineering principles of the highway and in high speed context into uh, what should be uh, a low speed um, community context. So it's like it's it's one size fits all on the way you do signage, on the way you set speed limits, on the way you um, uh, produce signs and markings where people can ride their bikes. You know, th this is these are um, these are all set really at that at that at that level of uh, trying really trying to build for the speedway. No, not for the speedway. I should the highway, excuse me. The highway. Well, and, and what's even more insidious is that it becomes, it's a document that has this legal force and effect, it turns out. And, and I experienced this myself as mayor. I first learned about the MUTCD as an advocate. And I was working, you know, I, I was, why can we get a stop sign at this intersection? Because the cars, we had cut through traffic, avoiding a traffic light, which meant that they were really going to fly through the side streets. Um, with no sidewalk. So I asked, could we get a stop sign to slow down the cars? 
And nope, doesn't meet the warrants, I was told. And I was like, well, what are the warrants? And it was explained to me, I probably didn't even know it was the MUTCD, but it was explained to me, there's a federal manual and you have to have so many people, blah, blah, blah. So we never got that stop sign. Then when I was mayor, at some point, you know, I regularly got briefed. And I was mayor of Seattle from 2009 to 13. Regularly got briefed on uh, from the transportation department. And one day they arrived with someone from the city attorney's office. And this woman was explaining to me why every street in Seattle was presumptively safe and that I should not be out in public saying that we were going to fix unsafe streets. Because by saying that we were going to fix an unsafe street, we were opening the city to liability. And the proof that it was safe was she pulled out this book, held it up, and said, this is the Manual of Uniform Traffic Control Devices, and it is the Bible of engineering. And, and street engineering and safety. And every street that follows this is safe. And she slammed it on the table. It was like a closing argument. And uh, fortunately I knew a little bit about it and I knew that Seattle already didn't always follow it because we had better practices and more progressive engineers. But my, my question to her and to the department was what's more important, protecting the city from liability or getting safe streets? Why are we hiding behind the book? Um, and you know, it was an issue. But wow. it really illustrates to you how it works. So imagine, you know, you're, you know, as many mayors are in this country, part-time mayors who may not have come out of a transportation advocacy world. And they are told you have to do it this way. Or you're opening yourself up to liability. So we can't put in the crosswalk. We can't slow down the cars. <laughs> and, and Or that's done to a community, right? This type of technical authority and expertise is, you know, who do you think manages to get the engineers to ignore the MUTCD and do something that has a nice design? Well, people from wealthy neighborhoods with lawyers will do that, do well. If you're from a poor neighborhood or a black and brown neighborhood, you've got to go through this, all of this stuff. You're just not going to get, over, you're not going to get a change. So it's a, it's really, really disadvantages uh, and has some pretty significant equity impacts as well. Um, but it's just now this is operating across the whole country. You've got communities and, and city council members and mayors being told that you can't do anything different, even, you know, even if your eyes and ears and senses tell you something else would be safer than, than what you have in front of you on that street. So what are you trying to get in this revision? We've asked for a reframe and a rewrite. Let's start, you know, let's think about who's in office right now. We got Pete Buttigieg, a former mayor. He redesigned the streets of his hometown, made them two-way, narrowed the streets, made them safer. He gets it. This is an opportunity for him to uh, just change the underlying assumptions and reframe and rewrite the whole thing. So uh, people are making very specific change requests, but he doesn't have to, you know, kind of take this leftover from a prior era um, and, and merely try to tweak it. We're asking him to uh, basically make big changes right away and, and, and keep working on deeper changes as well, is what we're asking for. So you've talked to Pete? I haven't talked to Pete. Bill, have you spoke to Pete? Uh, I interviewed Pete at the uh, Secretary Pete at the uh, National Bike Summit this year, and he he started off the conversation. You can you can watch it on on YouTube, um, on the Bike League's YouTube channel. Um, had a twenty minute bike side chat about this uh, about 
um, his vision uh, for the new um, Department of Transportation, US DOT. And he led with the MUTCD, uh, actually. So um, I have a lot of hope uh, in the things that, you know, that, 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 that Mike just suggested. America Walks has done a really good job of like collecting the stories of people. If you go to their website, you can, you can see where people have been suggesting you know, and, and making comments on the document. We've also done the same thing. We, we encourage people to really bring their, their personal stories about their streets to this comment period. You know, we have until May 14th, we as an organization are also submitting comments along with uh, our partner organizations that we just that we just mentioned. There's some specific things in here that are, uh, that really don't allow the kind of creativity and flexibility that, that Mike suggest, you know, just mentioned. At, when he was a mayor, you know, they had uh, engineers that were um, trying new things. And, and I think that, you know, um, creative people, you know, with, with mayors uh, and councils giving them permission to, to, um, to come up with creative solutions to the challenge of moving people versus like moving cars quickly through our town, um, you know, really allow for the kind of creativity that is going to make places, you know, more vibrant, healthier, more sustainable, all those things. And, you know, but make it easy for people to make the choice to walk or bike to where they want to go. You know, we know 50% of all trips in the U.S. are a little bit more than 50% or three miles or less. So that's like a 15-minute bike ride. Um, so there, there's a lot of uh, um, demand, uh, latent demand for this. And, and, and we've seen as when mayors and, and their engineers try new things and, and put in connected, legible bicycling networks and, and also making it very easy for people to walk, that they do that. So, you know, it's very, it's in, in, in these communities, we call them bicycle friendly communities. Um, they're doing that around the country and they've seen great results and uh, in, in increases. You know, the average bicycle friendly community has twice the bicycle commuting that the average US city does. So one of the things that's not so great about this document is that the uniformity of highway engineering being brought into the local uh, context doesn't allow for a lot of that creativity. And this is for signs and markings, right? So this is, uh, it isn't, it isn't all the, it, it isn't every bit of engineering that goes into building roadways. Um, so when it, when it says to, when it points to the, that guidance, that manual uh, for building great bike lanes or protected bike lanes or buffer bike lanes or, or whatever, it points to, it doesn't point to the, to the latest guidance that has come out from uh, the Federal Highway Administration. Uh, they have guidance on building great bikeways. It doesn't point to the NACTO guide. There are better, more um, uh, creative and safe and comfortable bike facilities um, and, and how to build those things and guidance how to build those things that have been put out over the last 10 years. This document fails to point to those when it, when it gets down to how do you build great bike lanes? How do you great, build great bike facilities? So, I mean, that, that's just one example of something in here that, you know, is, is missing the mark. Yeah, the, flexibility, the flexibility is definitely needed. Like right now, if you want to deviate from the manual, you have to prove why you're entitled to deviate from it, you know, as opposed to, you know, doing it differently just because, um, you know, the engineers have that professional judgment. Um, but there's, I want to get to this issue of what we're asking for, because because USDOT and Secretary Pete do have something of a challenge, because what has been proposed is better than what exists. It's just not a whole, it's just not nearly where it should be. So there is a, a challenge here of, of not wanting to 
spend you know two to three years to rewrite it the right way and not make some changes immediately. Um, we're going to be watching, of course, and urging that they make as you know as dramatic a series of changes as they can right away based on the input. But we also want them to not stop there. We want them to keep going after that. And, and one of the issues here is whose voices are heard in the drafting of it. I was struck by this when I learned more about the process. It, it turns out there's a national committee on uniform traffic control devices, which is a, um, not, a, not a, a stakeholder group like I think of it and most of us think about it, where you pick a whole bunch of different people from the community with different viewpoints and perspectives to inform you. Right, and I'm familiar with that with the, you know, the pedestrian master plan or the bike safety plan or a, or a neighborhood uh, zoning plan. You ask everybody to the table. The NCUTCD is very uh, heavily dominated by kind of more old school traffic engineers, and and for some reason they've been given the authority over the years to come up with the rewrite. And there are some progressive folks on it, including someone from the League of American Bicyclists, including someone from the National Organization of City Transportation Officials, that's NACTO that we've been referring to, which is kind of the progressive engineers. And the engineering profession has been changing. The younger engineers and the newer engineers are much more, yeah, bike. I mean, I bike to work, I walk to work, we need to fix this. So, but we're just stuck now with this artifact, both of a system that prioritizes the voices of the older engineers and their philosophy. So, so we need a different process too. Like we know, you know, that in black and brown communities, people are much more likely to be strike and killed by automobiles. They're more likely to have unsafe roads. You know, their concerns need to be heard here as well. Uh, the disability community needs to have a voice at the table. And we need to start again with values. Like what is a community value? Um, and, and we're told that this is all about science and we're using the best science and data in form getting the most safe streets but we have far higher death rates on our streets than other democracies. So it's not, it's not, it's not the, how they're using the data, it's they're starting with the wrong values and values belong not to engineers, values belong to community. And that's what we need to bring into this. We need to bring community values into this, get all the voices heard and, uh, and, and write it to those values, which is probably gonna be a lot more about streets where people can gather, streets where people can be safe, streets that people can get around without being in a car, um, all of those things that we know people love, but they're told they can't have it because a bunch of engineers said that that's not best practices for building a street. It's just ridiculous. Bringing the community in, great idea. But we have a lot of propaganda that's swimming in the United States. Like we're, we're awash in car marketing, like to the tune of $14 billion a year in car marketing. So a lot of times, you know, the community will say this like two things at the same time. They'll say, like, oh, we want safer streets, but I don't want to be slowed down by a road diet or a bicyclist in the road. Like people aren't really educated. I don't know, let's see. People are being educated by $14 billion in car <laughs> advertising every year. So it's, it, it gets weird when you start talking to people and they can say this, the same, they can say opposing things at the same time. Does that make sense? I don't know. No, it makes, it, oh, it, makes, it makes total sense. Now, 
we need to move this, this MUTCD from a committee that starts with an unexamined assumption about the priority of moving vehicles. And if you broaden that circle, we're gonna get more voices. But your point is um, well taken. But, but having said that, we, uh, we did you know, neighborhood plan after neighborhood plan in the city of Seattle. And um, it's, it is a funny dichotomy. And I had town halls. I actually had a, a two town halls in a row one time where uh, I went to one town hall and they said, make this street nicer because there are too many cars speeding through. And then I went to a town hall in the neighboring community that said, whatever you do, don't narrow that street. We really need it to get out of our neighborhood. <laughs> so, but, but at least you've got both sets of voices there as opposed to the NCUTCD, where you really have the engineering voices, and which is inappropriate. Bill, you were going to jump in. I'm sorry, I was moving. So no, quick. no, no. I'm glad. No, I, I uh, you know, I think that I think that that's right. There's there's this sort of um, maybe even in the same person, you know, they're they're two they have two different perspectives depending on whether or not they're biking or they're they're driving. Uh, you know, I think I think that's that's a pretty common thing too. Sadly. Uh, um, you know, trying to take away this sort of perceived convenience um, in the name of higher values of, uh, you know, 40,000 people a year are being, you know, close to 40,000 people a year are being killed on our, on our streets. Uh, you know, obviously we know that creating, creating a place where active transportation is, is, uh, is, is, is more accessible that, that people, um, especially people that don't have access to, to vehicles are going to be more well served and, and are going to be able to live happier, healthier lives. And, and it's good for the environment. All of these things are really good. And I think that, yeah, I think it's a reset of those values that is uh, in order to build the political will to do this, you know, you're going to um, we're going to have to um, keep trumpeting those values as um, you know, it's not about the bike. It's about, you know, the, the what a biking network and a walking network make uh, your community and, and how it affects people's lives. So yeah, there, there's going to be a back and forth. And, 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 and as Mike said, you know, you, you see it at the community level. Um, I think, you know, one thing, one thing about this is that um, uh, one thing I think is important to note is that it's, you know, we really want a safe system approach. That's kind of a new way of saying this. Um, we think that, um, that, that, that our streets should be designed to take human error out of the equation, right? So, so it's the data is there on 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 what how to do that. Uh, it's it's no surprise that slowing down vehicles and where 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 speed uh, reduction is not possible, let's say on a on a highway or on a you know a road in, in between in between cities, you know, or or arterial streets in, in a lot of cases. Um, there needs to be more separation between between people who are biking and people who are walking, and and I think you know we're getting there in a lot of places, but it's it really has to be that that uh, a change in the way of thinking uh, about building building a system that works. I don't think I don't think that's really been tried, and 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 um, yeah, it doesn't in the really, United States. At yeah, least. exactly, exactly. In the United States, it doesn't exist fully built out in the way that you know that we want it to be in a real safe system. Where, where people will say, oh, yeah, well, uh, it's win-win, right? It's not perfect for the drive. You know, they don't get to, you know, you don't get to drive 50 miles an hour through every neighborhood, whatever, or, you know, I know, we know you're in a hurry, but they're also reaping all the benefits of being somebody who 
walks to this place very comfortably or bikes to this place very comfortably. Um, so I, you know, we have to get to that, to that point. And in this, you know, again, this manual is uh, reframing it and rewriting it and, and getting us there. You have a lot of smart people in the room, you know, in the engineering profession and, uh, and in, in, in a places where this has been done in bits. And I think, you know, we bringing that into this, this re this reframe and rewrite under the leadership of the, of uh, FHWA and USDOT, I think is going to be um, hopefully something really special here. We have an opportunity here. Now, what is, is like, we've, we've kind of been talking about this before on a local level in terms of like lawsuits with the city of Los Angeles and so forth. Is there an opportunity somehow to bring a lawsuit to change the MUTCD? Um, I mean, there's, you know, obviously it's, we, we see the, the statistics, the 40,000 people dead, the millions of people injured. There's no way to bring a lawsuit that says the MUTCD needs to be improved to reduce the, this condition or? So I was actually a lawyer in private practice for 12 years uh, before I fully committed myself to a life of uh, climate and transportation advocacy. Um, and other advocacy as well, I might add. Um, the, uh, you know, we have an opportunity here because we have a secretary of USDOT who's very clear about what his values are and what the values of the Biden administration are. So this is in many respects a first task for Secretary Pete of his values because the comment period will end. Um, this is a... This is a federal document. This is not a document that is mandated or written by Congress. Secretary Pete doesn't need 51 votes in the Senate or a majority of the votes in the US House of Representatives. This is 100% within his power as the US DOT secretary to write this in a way that prioritizes safety. Bill said something that also made me think of something, the MUTCD, explicitly assumes that that it's it's uh, written for people that are alert and of uh, you know have a certain level of physical ability it's ableist in its very origin so we can write something that that does what bill is talking about like takes into account that people have very different abilities and very different needs when they get to the street and we don't need a lawsuit we just elected <laughs> <laughs> you know, people from people from yeah, hang on a second. No, I'm calling I'm calling that one off because I run into Democrats all the time, Democratic leaders, including in this city. In this city, the most liberal city of the United States, Los Angeles, supposedly the most liberal city council. There is so much resistance there to creating bike and pedestrian safety improvements around just this city. Um, Democrats are no ally, so I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing yeah. you on this. I'm hearing you on this because I, I feel yeah. the same way. This is this is not a party. The, the no, party. No. I, it's not I, a partisan I, issue. I hear you on this. Yeah, yeah. But right now. The thing to do is to hold this elected official and his transportation secretary, hold their feet to the fire because this is something they have power to do. That's my main point. This is- I mean, I'm, I'm into that. I'm into that. I'm just saying like, like let's, 
let's also plan well I mean, I just don't have any faith that, that this METC is going to be radically different, but let's, let's keep pushing. Let's, let's be hopeful and idealistic, but is there a way for a lawsuit to bring it about? Like, can we sue, can some group with, you know, let's say they have infinite amounts of resources and energy and money. Can, can a lawsuit be brought to, force the MUTCD to be pedestrian and cyclist friendly? You know, I guess the answer to that is once you analyze what they come out with, one could look at the, um, one could see whether or not they met the standards for adopting a new rule. And, you know, one could also look for other things, but, you know, as a general rule of thumb, you, you try to win in the first court, you don't try to win in the second court. And the first court here, is that, you know, you don't, you don't try to win, you try to win at trial, not at appeals. Right mm -hmm. now, MUTCD is the trial court. You know, the, this federal register process is the fact-finding process and where the first decision will be made. So that's the main point is you get the best okay. thing you can get here. And then you analyze what you got to see if there are weaknesses um, and, and whether you can overturn a decision that was made through a regulatory process, which, can be a lot harder than getting the right decision in the first place from a, from a legal perspective. But that's legal analysis. Your point about elected officials aren't always your friend and that there's a lot of resistance is true. Um, and I, I mean, I'm not yeah. demonizing necessarily politics. They're, they're sort of, you know, it's like like going back to that we're immersed in car commercials everywhere we go telling us that cars are the most important thing on the road and that you are an important person if you're in a car and they're spending 14 billion dollars a year to do it there's that wears down on the political will for you know it's like a cultural barrier to getting safe streets i mean there just isn't that kind of money behind pedestrian and cycling um they just it just isn't there so it's 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 like yes. a cultural thing that we're up against right so way, john's big nickname is eeyore yeah so so, <laughs> so so i don't know who i am then if i'm tigger here then just being <laughs> totally enthusiastic no we can do this consider this i would say to you because i don't want to argue your point because i agree with it and i've actually been fighting against that type of i mean how in the state of washington we're 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 about to, we're financing highway expansion still. And we've got a governor who says he's a climate champion. So I get it, right? He ran as a climate champion for, for president. I get this, but consider this. This administration says it's gonna remove highways from black and brown communities. It says it will condition grants to cities on the, on the you know, basis of their zoning or getting rid of parking minimums. Now, they may or may not be able to carry through that with that, but this is these things that activists were saying 10 years ago or five years ago about ending exclusionary zoning, ending parking minimums, removing destructive highways have now entered the national discussion. And that isn't because these isn't because elected officials suddenly got the issue. It's happening because the public demand and the public conversation moved. So if your position is it hasn't moved far enough, I'm 100% with you. It hasn't moved far enough. It's far from it. But we can actually see that the public demand that's been building 
around these things is having an effect. The number of cities that adopted Vision Zero, complete streets ordinances or other things, by the way, which are blocked by the MUTCD. You have a complete streets ordinance, you can't enact it because the MUTCD says something else. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like, it is It is the most important pedestrian safety document you've never heard of, right? Because that's the one that it'll, it'll expose a city to liability. So what do we well, do? Well, we have, I guess yeah. we have some kind of complete streets law here in California, but yeah. I didn't realize that it's, is it like you're saying it's being blocked by MUTCD or the MUTCD makes it more difficult to implement? It or? makes it more difficult to implement. A specific improvement on a specific street might run into that issue. And, but I offer all of these points as just to say that we, that all of the work of, of the people on the ground in the communities around this stuff is having an effect. And that ultimately is what changes laws in the long run. Uh, and that's that to me is the biggest thing, changing public demand. And yeah, you're right, we're fighting, but we, we've still been making some progress. So there's a comment period until the 15th and then they, this committee, the 14th? Yep, 14th. And then we have this, this committee that decides. No, it goes to the FHWA. The committee has already recommended its changes. We're, we're, we're providing comments and you know our networks are providing comments on that those proposed changes that are being proposed to uh, the Federal Highway Administration. They are considering this. So um, it really is um, putting it, um, putting the, your voices uh, to, that, to that group that actually decides, which is at FHWA. And you know, and 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 I'll just say that you know that 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 the FHWA has been um, uh, releasing other good guidance, you know, over the last I don't know ten years or so. It's gotten a lot better and has provided the permission to build things. So you know, F as I say, MUTCD um, handles signs and markings, those sorts of things. But the you know the all of the engineering stuff, um, you know, is. Um, that, that goes into building a street, you know, it's, it's, um, it, 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 there's a, there's a body of guidance out there and, 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 and it's been going generally in a better direction. We think that providing this public input, uh, and, uh, from some of the largest organizations working on this, uh, you know, working on active transportation, um, is going to, is going to help. And, and plus, as Mike said, and as we've talked about, uh, the administration's values that they've, uh, have have put out there, you know, it, the, those combination of things we, we hope will end to, you know, um, become a, a better document, a, a final document that comes out. We're not, we're not expecting that, what, that, at, that when they come out with this document that Bill and I are going to be out of jobs, for yeah. the record. Yeah. We yeah. think there's going to be a hell of a lot more to do as well. <laughs> tons, yeah. tons, tons more to do. Yeah. But, um, but it is, it is heartening to see some of these issues being spoken about at a, at a national level that were just not spoken about at all before. So it is, it is heartening. And it's heartening to see the number of people speaking up. I thought this would be such an obscure document that there wouldn't necessarily be a public response. But what we're seeing is a lot of people are submitting comments. We're getting tons of, uh, of, of we're getting copies of the comments into us. and. And I, I think a lot of people have been really intensely frustrated by, by why can't they get a good street outside their house and why, or in their neighborhood? Or why, why can't they 
why can't they have a crosswalk where they want it? So I, I think we've tapped into a kind of a larger sense of discontent with the current state of affairs than, than we may know have existed. So our job is to try to channel that energy in, into something productive and then build on that energy for the, for the next uh, struggle that we'll face about making communities treat individuals with more dignity than they get right now. Well, thank you so much. And we will link to the, your pages on, on the public comment and, and everything else. And now the uh, MUTCD is the most important document that we have heard of. <laughs> exactly. It is the most important pedestrian safety document that you have now heard about. Correct. <laughs> you, you nailed it. All right. Anything else you want to uh, let us know that we have to do? So NACDO has an action alert. They have a great information page. America Walks has an action alert and page. Uh, Bill will share the League yep. of American Bicyclists one. And uh, T4 America has one. So you have a choice about how you want to, uh, about how you want to engage the issue. And, and I'd say this, if, you're, if your city hasn't joined in, talk to your local elected officials. They can join in too. That's helpful. Um, if you're if you're engaged in a um, another type of organization, you know, a local organization around active transportation or public health, um, you know, or uh, you know, hell, if you're a member of the Rotary and you want safer walking conditions, we don't care what organization you're with. This is the more people speak up, the more local people speak up, the better in terms of uh, demonstrating the broad support for this. And and uh, we'll stay in touch with whoever joins in the fight to let you know how you can. Um, stay engaged uh, for the next for the next part of it. Okay, and 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 Bill, you, you had a link that you were gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna share the link. Yeah, and, and as Mike said, you know there 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 are uh, a number of ways to take action right now. I think for those of us who ride our bikes and you know don't understand why our street is this way, and you know think maybe hey I can actually have a, a say. This is this is this is a time to to speak up uh, and to and into. Uh, and let's ride together on this. And of course, you know, for walking and biking, you know, these are these are really uh, fundamental human activities. And I think we should all be um, really know that, that, that this is the time, uh, you know, a once in a decade or more uh, period where we can, uh, you know, make a difference on, on on this stuff. So I encourage everybody, yeah, check check out check out the the links and um, and I'll also share a link to that uh, that conversation with. Uh, Secretary Buttigieg, um, and, and you can get a kind of an idea of uh, where where he where he's taking um, uh, their uh, uh, their department and uh, the the values uh, um, that they're that they're putting out uh, in the forefront. All right, thank you so much. This is a, a big a big interview here. I think this is a, this is really cool that we had you both on America Walks and the League of American Bicyclists and. We'll hopefully hear from you both again. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us. I rise in the morning and greet the day. Pull out the bike and I'm on my way. And transportation shows I care. Every turn of the pedal cleans the air. Green in the green, I'm saving the planet. Just like my friends Dale, Sean, Toby, and Janet. No greenhouse gas, a tiny carbon footprint.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkPFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group. 